0: And a big welcome to you to episode 221 if you're counting down and you're getting closer and closer you've arrived this is uh you're, you're caught up i guess if you're on 221 and this is october the 10th you're caught up but uh, anyway for those that aren't keep on listening and uh, keep on getting the word out and we appreciate you listening to the podcast so just take a minute or two and invite somebody facebook twitter text them uh, uh they got uh, x them you can x them now <laughs> Uh, no, 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 X in them, yeah, that,
1: that, yeah,
0: okay. So, what do we say? I Formally I don't know. call Twitter, the former you can, you can, yeah, you something. can X them, formally call Twitter. How about that? That
1: sounds like cancel culture kind of stuff, X them out, man. <laughs> All right, anyway, X and E, yeah
0: everybody that is on Twitter knows what it is, anyway. Okay, so, uh, <laughs> just, just, uh, friends, family, small group, whatever your life connection group, get them to listen, and we appreciate you. Getting oh, you the know,
1: word I don't out. know. Uh, I don't I, I get on the Twitter sometimes because it's uh fun to read the mess that it is and there's lots of stuff on Twitter. There is. And uh, there is lots of news like this whole conflict in Israel yeah, this is which is which is unbelievable and horrific. Mm-hmm. Um, but but mm-hmm. if you watch Twitter you can see lots of what's happening there from on the first, ground first stuff. encounter or people encountering it there and reporting it from the ground. Right. And it, It is horrific. So I've been on Twitter a lot as a news source, and oh man, I don't know how many um, people are on Twitter though, but it's it's a bad thing.
0: Yeah, it's what's what's going on in Israel is horrible, and the the other I can't I can't watch that stuff. I can't watch that part of it. Um, I remember when um, Saddam Hussein was uh, not beheaded; they hung him. Yeah, and I I watched, and I thought. That was horrific. I so said, why did I ever do that? Yeah, I, yeah. You, those are images you can't get out you of your mind. I mean, it's just... It's and just, it shows you the depths of human depravity. It's, it really it's does. It's heartbreaking.
1: And, you know, that's a very contentious part of the world as it is, mm. and just to see all that stuff unfold. And, you know, with, you know, the way that media is now, with... Live feeds yeah. and everybody's got a phone and can stream wherever you, you were able to see things that years ago we just would
0: not. have Oh, you, seen. not at all. They the, the reporters would literally be writing about it. That's and right. Th- then they would show you a little bit of footage and then they would just talk over top out of it yeah. as they were coming out of a out of a um you know a, a ditch or whatever they were coming out of to go fight. But you never really saw the real thing, and now you actually see it. It's, and, it's uh,
1: horrific, and we certainly need to be praying
0: for the whole what's thing. going on over there and.
1: Uh, yeah, I get lots of questions as a pastor, and I'm sure you get some questions too about how this relates to things in the Bible. And 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 this is the kind of that time where people start yeah. making all kinds of speculations about end times and eschatology because of what's happening there. And I would just encourage you to chill
0: out. Yeah, I think this just is just the time out. we pray. We pray. Uh, we I, don't, I don't know we, yeah, that we listen, need to start we don't, having conferences we don't need to have those kind and... of
1: conversations. Jesus told us that you know no one knows the day or the hour. Uh, certainly as we approach the end and Christ returns, there will be things that happen, but we don't know God's timetable. And so the best thing you can do right now is to pray for Israel, pray for that region, pray that there'll be peace in that land, pray that lives be spared, pray that there'll be some kind of, uh, of swift resolution, pray that you no know, terrorism will be stamped out. I mean, all those things. Are, pray for justice. All those things are the are the right things to pray. But speculating about biblical prophecy mm-hmm. and what we don't know, um, I, I don't know. If and that's, we're not
0: going to know. No, by no, the way. No, we're, we're we we should pray
1: for sure for the return of Jesus. And I think an event like this should. Create within us a longing for the return of Christ Amen. Lord, Jesus come that's soon. where I think we should be come soon and put this mess uh, you know to rest so that once and for all we can experience peace in our world pray for that yeah uh, but you know speculation about how this relates to a certain Bible passage or a book of the Bible <clears throat> I don't know if that's the best conversation to have right now leave those things in God's hands and just pray pray yeah. and long for the return of
0: Jesus yeah you know, we, we do I mean you do put, the Bible's very clear pray for the peace of Jerusalem yeah, and uh, so we do know that's clear, yeah. and it's okay to pray for that. Um, but and, but when you start praying, just you know, you can say even come even so come quickly, Lord Jesus. There's no no issue with that. Yeah. Uh, but you know, just be super careful because there's a lot going on right now. There's that we have, no we have what's no idea, no idea how
1: God is at work and His grand plan to to bring about uh, what He wants to bring about. We just don't know. We don't know.
0: And by the way, there have been horrible things that happened in Jerusalem or, or, uh, over the years. Yeah. Since Christ died, I mean, of course, the temple's destroyed, and then uh, all the things happened during the medieval ages. I mean, there have been some horrible things. So uh, Jesus is coming when he wants to. That's, that's the right. Point. That's right. And we can't wait. Amen. I can't wait to see him. Amen. Um, well, Pastor, uh, that's a good segue to. <laughs> Maybe it is. I don't know if it's or not. Uh, you know, but We're segwaying well, anyway. I, yeah, just, uh, you know, the, being a pastor, uh, we were just discussing before the show um, how long you and I have been senior pastors. And, and
1: we've been. You're a whole lot older than I am. Yeah.
0: But I didn't start till late. I didn't So
1: we've actually yeah. been in ministry roughly about the, the same amount of time, at least in the senior
0: pastor Yeah, senior lead pastor, pastor role. leadership. We've been almost exactly the same amount of time. And in that time, you know, we we have most of the time, and I think you would agree with this, most of the time it is a wonderful, glorious thing to be a part of. Every now and again you, you start feeling sorry for yourself and you get a little sinful and you get a little self-centered and yeah. you say, woe is me. And, uh, you know, there, we struggle. We're humans. And uh, But I would say this again. I would I would do nothing else. I told my boys when they said they wanted to go into uh, full-time vocational work, I said, hey, if you can do anything else, do it. Mm-hmm. And, I was uh,
1: given that advice too.
0: You know, I mean it's a it's a good word and and I decided cuz I was given that advice. I was, I decided this is what I want to do. That's I right. don't want to do anything right. else. That's
1: right. Same thing, man. I remember, you know, being called into ministry when I was uh, in my early tw- well, I guess, you know, I, I really kind of felt that call toward ministry. It was in college. I must've been 19, 20 years old and ordained to ministry when I was 21 years old. My first pastor when I was 24. It's been um been quite the journey over the years and here we are. We are in October, and October is in our circles known as Pastor Appreciation yeah. Month. I don't right. know where that came
0: from. Christian bookstores. I think that's exactly I'm what serious. happened. They, I'm had, they needed to
1: sell some more stuff.
0: All these things, you know, sell cards. First of <laughs> all, sell cards. Then you have to buy stuff, and all those things. Yeah. You
1: know. So that's what happened. When the Christian bookstores got together and came up with Pastor Appreciation Month, so people go spend some money and buy their <laughs> pastor a card. And I'm glad. I'm glad for the cards. And I, yeah. I feel very appreciated yes, at our it, church. It is, and it is and good. but that yeah, I don't that's that's how it came about, I guess. The Christian bookstores all got together and said, Let's let's make this thing happen so we can make some more cash. So <laughs> and so we just happen to be the benefic- beneficiaries of some Christian bookstores wanting to make some cash and yeah, I'm very thankful yeah. for that. But uh, it is what we call Pastor Appreciation Month. And I, I remember pastors that poured into me, very thankful Amen. for and now I get to sit in this seat of being a lead pastor, which has been quite the experience over the years. And I, mean, I thought it would be fun. Just, and, and we had a big weekend here at Northwood. Yeah. If you're a part of our faith family, you know oh, that wow. we ordained four men to gospel ministry. We don't know exactly what these four men are going to end up doing in ministry. Uh, one of the guys, I believe, will be, Well, I think they'll all be in pastoral ministry at some point, and, and probably I think all four of them will serve as lead pastors someday, mm-hmm. but they might take some different... Um, different ways to get there. We've got two guys that are, are looking towards international mission work, and one is in student ministry right now. The the other is um, um, looking at Air Force chaplaincy. Yep. So we had the opportunity to ordain four guys to that amazing. ministry Sunday night, which is such a joy. And, and we'll be ordaining more men yeah. to ministry, just the way that we're structured as a church. We have a great uh, system in place to train young leaders and, um, and get them ready for ministry. So we'll be doing, I think, over the next year, we'll probably ordain at least three or four more. Yeah. It'll be great. Uh, So, you know, we're kind of a pastor-producing machine at this point, and I'm very thankful that God has given us a lot of grace and favor to allow us to do that here at Northwood.
0: Which, by the way, is a dream of just about every pastor. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, For for you to be able to replicate in them uh, what it means to be a pastor, and then for them to move on to what we call full-time vocational work. And, by the way, we are not— uh, some of these guys might very well be bivocational for all we know, but yeah. we're not taught. You know, some people that is what they're called to.
1: That's right. And that's so right. I
0: thank the Lord for uh, our bivocational pastors, or we wouldn't have half our Southern Baptist yeah, churches. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, the point is, is that for us to be able to pour into these guys, and every one of them, you know, afterwards said, "Thank you for what you've done for me." Thank you. You know, I, and the little dinky things I did, you yeah. know, that's fine. But but they are so appreciative of us doing that and yeah. um, pouring into them, and and I think uh, they will. They will be thankful all their lives. I wish that I would have had exactly what we're doing. Well
1: it's been by the grace of God that we've been able to do some really cool things. Yeah. Yeah. Residency programs, school of ministry, preaching lab, just taking these guys alongside of us and letting them see what we do day in and day out. I mean, I think it's it's been really good. And and you know, we're not doing everything right. We're doing a lot of things we can improve in, I am sure. (laughs) But we're trying, we're at least trying to train up that next generation of leaders. And I'm very thankful that God has allowed us that opportunity. And we're in a great place to do it because we're right next to Charleston Southern. So we, yeah. we naturally get a lot of these college students that feel called towards ministry coming to our church, and we can help direct them a bit. I mean, it's just a really good thing. I'm mm-hmm. very thankful for it. I so. Agree. To ordain four guys the Sunday night was a big deal. And we talked about this Sunday night, or at least I tried to talk about this Sunday night. We were trying to move pretty quickly through our ordination service. Uh, but I, I I talked about some of this Sunday evening, but I thought it would be fun to talk about today uh, as we think about the role of pastor Amen. and what pastors mean to us. And as you pray for your pastors, I think this will be helpful for you. So so really what I want to do today is, is ask three questions or answer three questions. To help you to understand your pastor.
0: Oh, good. Okay, you got it. I uh, I don't. You don't have the notes. Go ahead and give me the first one. I I, I text them to you, pop. I believe you. Yeah, well, I don't know Hold what on. happened. I can do it, brother. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just, just just get go ahead. You and do came to class unprepared today, Paul. No, it's, it's it's not coming up. <laughs> it's Sorry, right. it's okay. Oh, I am a, I'm an apple Apple invalid. I can't I can't. I can't you got quite, you
1: got your your new MacBook a few months ago. Yeah, I can't still, quite do like, it. The MacBook's supposed to be the simplest thing ever made.
0: I know, and so
1: intuitive. You just click buttons and things uh, happen like magic. And, and okay,
0: you, I think I'm here. <laughs> All right, thank y'all for your patience with uh, the pastor. And
1: uh, Yeah, you did great. So you, well, you, you at least look the part. You've got your MacBook right in front of you. It's open. You can see the little Apple logo. You you look like you know what you're doing.
0: It keeps on saying that it's there, but it's not. Well, then I, I will You'll take the to, job of co-host right. and host Understanding today. Understanding your <laughs> pastor. All right, here we go. Number one, who is your pastor? That
1: was really good, Trey. I'm glad you found it.
0: I did. <laughs> I mean, I'm amazed that I did, actually. Uh, understanding that your pastor is not an apple guy—that's the first point. Who <laughs> is your pastor?
1: Well, anyway. So, so here's the deal, right? So you think about pastors and pastoral ministry, and 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 I'm very thankful for our church because I think our church has a healthy view of who a pastor is. Mm-hmm. And so, there's a few things that I need you to know about your pastor when you think about who your pastor is. One, and we talked about it already, your pastor is
0: called—I believe it. You know, yes, there
1: there there came a point in my life when I was, you know, in college that I was just convinced that this is what God had for me. And so I've pursued that calling now for the last Twenty something years. And and there was a point in your life too, Trey. Yeah. That you just felt that call towards ministry. There's you've no seen doubt. it. Seen it in your sons. I mean, there's this there's just, there's just this just this calling. And with that calling, it just just comes a burden like I've got to do this thing. I don't know what it all means. I don't understand what's gonna necessarily happen over the next however many years, but I've got to do this thing. I've got to I've got to serve the Lord in this way. That's that calling. Um and, and it's hard to explain unless you've experienced that call. I mean, mm-hmm. It wasn't like I heard an audible voice of God someday where he said, You got you, you're gonna be a pastor, but just that 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 knowing this is how God has gifted me and shaped me and wired me. This is what he's made me for. So there, there's that sense of, of calling that that your pastor has. But also, when you think about the question, who is your pastor, it's just knowing that your pastor is a normal person.
0: Yeah. I, we, we I mean, we go through the same struggles. Yeah, we go through yeah. the same temptations. I, I, am, we go I am very
1: thankful. I think here at Northwood, people understand that. I don't feel like people necessarily put me on a pedestal or Whatever the case may be, um, I, I think hopefully people look to me as an example of what it means to walk by faith because I want to demonstrate that.
0: And I think that's a biblical. And I think model, that's actually. biblical.
1: I think that's First Timothy chapter three. But I don't think people um, um, put me on a pedestal at all. I think people understand because I try to be real honest with people that, dude, I'm I'm pretty normal. I've got my flaws and I, my my sins that I struggle with just like anybody else does. And so so that's helpful to know that your pastor is a normal person. And so therefore, give him a lot of grace. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like he. There, there's a calling, and, and your pastor is striving for holiness. I know I'm striving for holiness, Amen. but I still have mess up. I mean, I still you know have times where I get angry and and say things I shouldn't say, or you know have times where it's difficult for me to forgive somebody. I have yeah. times where I don't respond well to criticism. I have times where you know I do you know just do stupid stuff. I mean that's that's part of being human. And and now as a Christ follower, I'm growing in all those things. I, I, hopefully over the years, um, I, I've. I've, you know, I, I'm not going to be sinless, I've obviously but I'm going to sin less. Amen. And so I'm growing in Christ and being conformed to this image. But I'm still, and you're still, we're still all of our staff pastors. We're still pretty normal people that have our mess ups just like anybody else. Yep, and that's so right. giving each other a lot of grace is really helpful. Um, and so just knowing that we're, we're we're normal, we're flawed, and also I mean this is the reality of it. And we talked about this a bit Sunday night. We're overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Now, and when I say overwhelmed, like not overwhelmed, stressed out, want to find another career all those kinds of things. But that's just the nature of being a pastor is you're constantly overwhelmed with the work.
0: And I think part of that is that you're never done. That's right. When you lay your head on the pillow at night, you can't say, Oh, I've done the job. No. No, There's there's always more ministry to do. There's always more ministry to do. The ministry doesn't go away
1: and that's fine. And 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 those of us pastors, we we thrive in that. We love that. I mean I, I enjoy that sense of being overwhelmed. Uh, and 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 when, when I say overwhelm, I, I mean I really do mean it in the best sense of the word overwhelm. Like I I know that um, I cannot do what God's called me to do without the Spirit's help. That's right. Overwhelmed. Like it's not of me. It's of God. And so I I've got to trust Him. I've got to depend on Him. I've got to follow Him faithfully. And so 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 that sense of being overwhelmed is what humbles me to go before the Father on a daily basis and say, God, I need your help because there's there's lots of need. There's lots of opportunity. There's lots I've got to do uh, to accomplish what you've placed before me. I have to preach your word every week. I've got to do that faithfully. So there's always a sense of being overwhelmed, which drives a pastor to his face before God saying, yeah. God, help me. And that's a good I thing. I cannot
0: do it without you, Lord. That's I mean, right. that's there's, right. a, there's a trust factor with yeah. God. There is, a, like you said, the humility factor. And there's also just this idea that, you know, God, if you don't do it, I can't, that's I can't, right. I, can't that's sur- right. I will not survive. Yeah. And you get to that point and uh, every pastor does that. You get to that point. And you say, if you don't do it, God, I can't yeah. I will not yeah. survive yeah. without that's you. That's right. That's right. And that is absolute dependence on God then. So. That's right. And and with that. And that's why you say it's a good, uh, yeah, so it's go a good ahead, thing.
1: brother. But with that sense of being overwhelmed, there comes this weight. Yeah. We talked about this a little bit Sunday night when I was talking to the, the guys during our ordination service. There's a weight that does not go away. No. Yeah. That, that 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 now again ultimately you know that god is with you and the weight ultimately belongs to him mm-hmm. but still as a as a pastor who's human who has a sense of being overwhelmed by the task before him uh, you you can't help but feel the weight of it mm-hmm. when when you know the struggles people are going through and you know your own struggles when you know uh, some of the, the depths of sin that that your people are are stuck in I mean, that's hard. You've got to carry heart, that man. stuff. Yeah, that's and, that's you a know, burden. And, and as a pastor, obviously, we want to be men of integrity and holiness, and men that are that are, are are able to hold confidence. And so, you know, we carry this weight a lot that we honestly can't talk about, right? Like, I can't, you know, when someone shares with me what they're going through, I'm not going to spill <laughs> hey, it to somebody yeah, we else. Don't, we don't go,
0: hey, let me tell you about yeah, yeah, Johnny. Yeah, yeah,
1: so, yeah. So, I mean, a lot, Jimmy, of we, whoever it is. a lot of that weight we have to process yeah. just with the Spirit of God, which is more, he's more than sufficient. Oh, yeah. But we, we carry this weight around. And, and you think about just not only the weight of ministry and carrying people's burdens, which, again, I'm glad to do so. I, I enjoy that. You know, I feel called to do that. Um, but then just the weight of, for someone who sits in the lead pastor position, of preaching every single week, mm-hmm. like I was joking with our congregation Sunday night, like, you know, I kind of figured out pretty early in ministry that Sunday comes every week. Yeah, like in you know I every mean, people, seven days, I've got to preach a message. I'm, until
0: until you're there, you will never understand that. I mean, yeah. it's it's a deal. It's I'm a, telling you. Well, and
1: and, it's, and it's you just want
0: a, you know you and I both we want to do well. I right. I never just stood up and said ah. Good enough is good enough. Yeah. I mean, I wanted to give the absolute best I had. I felt like I had one chance on that Sunday morning for some people that would never, that's had never right. been there that's before. Right. That's you know? right. And,
1: that's right. And that's the thing about our church now is we've we've gotten fairly large, and on a lot of Sunday mornings we do have people, yeah, that are coming in for the very first time, and and some of those people who come in for the very first time, it's it's not uncommon in our church to have people come on a Sunday morning that this is their first experience oh, ever yeah. in a church.
0: We probably have. I would say 30 people at least, 30, maybe even 40 people a week. And even if they don't turn in cards, they're still there. That's right.
1: And some of those, that's their first experience in church. And so there's a lot of weight because you want that person who's coming for the first, not you want everybody to understand the word of God, but for that person who's coming for the first time who's very skeptical about the church yeah. and the things of God, uh, you, you want to communicate in such a way where that person understands this is a big deal, and we believe this stuff, and, and you need to believe it too. And so was, there's just that weight of weekly uh, teaching, and and knowing that again in a church our size, there's a lot of people and a lot of different needs, and just want to minister well each week. There's that's a lot of pressure. I mean, again. Not complaining about it at all. I, I I love it. I mean, I feel like that that's where my spiritual gifted really li- mm-hmm. giftedness really lies is in preaching and teaching the word of God. I, I love Amen. it. Amen. We all but, agree with that. But but at still at the same time, there's that weight that just doesn't go away. And so so I tell you that. Just I want you to know who your pastor is. He's a normal guy that carries a lot of weight, mm-hmm. feels overwhelmed, but is trusting in the Spirit of God Amen. to uh, work in him and through him as he
0: desires. Amen. That's it. All right. So the first thing is, who is your pastor? The second question is this: What does your pastor do? Yeah, he preaches on Sunday morning, goes it. home, and he goes fishing. The rest Works of the week.
1: one day a week. Well, that would be nice. That
0: would that's be nice. Not, not true, but it'd be not, nice. Yeah.
1: So but and I think a lot of people have those questions like yeah. what, what do you do during the week, Pastor? What do you what do you what do you do? Well, there's there's a lot. I mean, I think if you followed any of us staff pastors around for a week, you would probably understand that, yeah, we actually do work more than one mm-hmm. day a week. There's there's a lot of ministry stuff that goes on. And I think our church knows that. and our yeah, church knows they that, do. We, that we their joke staff about it, works but. really hard and, and does lots of different things. But when you think about just again, meeting with people, sermon preparation, um, you think about what we're doing to train up pastors. You think about outreach events. You think about you know just administration and uh, you know things like finance meetings yeah. and personnel meetings. And it's it's there's there's not a week that goes by that my calendar you know isn't pretty full. It's, yeah, you, every, you every have to. When somebody cool. says,
0: "Can I meet?" I always say, "Let me look at my calendar." That's right. Because I know that's I got right. things that's that, right. that are mean, going on.
1: I, you know, I've gotten to the point now at this stage in life where I pretty much live by the calendar, yeah. and it's it's there's a lot. Um, I know for me personally, Mondays I lock myself up in my office, and that's my big study day to get my. And sermon. I'm your guard, by the way. And I appreciate you sitting outside the door guarding it for me. <laughs> so you know it's there. There is a lot that goes on in ministry on a weekly basis, so I want you to know that your pastors, all of your pastors on, your, on staff at Northwood do work really hard, and we're proud of the work they put in. Uh, but you think about pastor, when you look at the New Testament, there are three words, mm. and you know this, Pops, so there are right. three words that are used interchangeably to describe the role of pastor. There's the I'm going to give you the English translation, sure. not the Greek word. Uh, in, in English, is the word overseer. Mm-hmm. And which we studied Sunday we night. We look at that Sunday yeah, night because yeah. that's the word that Paul uses in verse Timothy chapter three when he talks to Timothy about the role of pastor. Exactly. There's the word overseer. There's the word elder. Mm-hmm. And now that word elder, it doesn't mean an old man necessarily, um, but it does mean someone who has the maturity and wisdom of someone who's been around for a while, mm-hmm. right? So you have overseer, which is kind of the idea of leader, elder, which you, the idea of someone with spiritual maturity, and pastor. the the idea of pastor just you know caring for his flock so where we the the same idea as a a shepherd right Mm -hmm. so those are the three words they're used interchangeably to describe the role of pastor overseer and elder and pastor Mm -hmm. so um, you know different churches do different things some churches they'll have a a, a team of elders and they'll use that word elder to describe the role of pastor or leader and some denominations they still use the word bishop yeah right the word bishop to kind of signify that role of leadership, especially—
0: That's um, a lot in the uh, Anglican— Yeah, the, like where, uh, Anglican where there's Methodist more of a, and,
1: That's right, where, where the government structure yeah, of yeah. the church is a bit different than
0: what it would be in
1: Southern Baptist life, that, that where bishop is still used. Um, the word we use most often in our church is pastor. That's where we're more familiar with. but But really, we could use— any of the three, sure, because they're all describing the same. Now, please don't call me bishop. I don't want to be called bishop. But <laughs> oh,
0: you're in trouble. It's going to happen I know, now right? this week. So uh, I don't
1: want to be called bishop. But you know, but but any of those words uh, describe the one role of of pastoral, uh-huh. right? And so, in God's wisdom, he's he he decided to call biblically qualified men mm-hmm. to this role of pastor, right? And so, when I think about the role of pastor, elder, overseer, um, you think about what a pastor does. Um, what's been helpful for me over the years? There, there's there's a pastor in Washington D.C. His name's Mark Dever, and yeah, I read a book he a wrote years guy. ago. Read a book he wrote years ago, and he he described the work of the pastor in this way. He used the metaphor of a shepherd, and he said that the role of the pastor is to to guide the flock, Amen. which that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. To, to guide the flock is is just to provide that leadership, mm-hmm. and so you know I, I spend a lot of time here leading our church, uh, trying to help point us in a direction, and and then helping us to get to that place that I feel like God's called to be. And so there's a lot of leadership that goes along and pastor, or goes with the job of being a pastor. So to guide the flock, um, a second way he described the role of pastor is to guard the flock, Yeah, which is a big deal. Because, because. you know, here's what happens on Sunday morning. Uh, on Sunday morning when I'm teaching scripture, uh, one of my responsibilities as a pastor is to make sure that as I'm teaching scripture... I'm helping us to stay aligned with right doctrine.
0: Yeah, amen that. That. That,
1: that we as a church are are preaching truth, mm-hmm. because here's the reality: because this was the case in the New Testament, uh, there were people who were slipping in the church in the New Testament that that did not stand on the truth. There was lots of false teachings that Paul's constantly addressing in in the letters that he wrote to the churches. Exactly. And so that still happens today. There's still false teaching. Uh, that that's trying to creep in to our churches, and so it's the role of the pastors,
0: mm-hmm.
1: role of the elders, uh, to guard the church from false teaching, and so that's why we take the word of God so seriously here, and and try very carefully to exegete Scripture well, and to make sure that you have a good understanding. What Scripture is actually saying? We want to guard the church from false teaching. So it's, I feel like I take that that weight rule or that responsibi- you should, responsibility responsibility really should. serious, yeah. right? That I have to guard the church from false teaching.
0: And there is more out there than there ever has been. Thanks yeah. to podcasts, That's thanks right. to YouTube, thanks to you know, and constantly people say, "Have you seen this guy on YouTube?" And I listen about thirty yeah. mi- seconds, and I go, "Ugh, there's lots I, of nuts out there." Yeah, just, you just are. say, "Hey, listen, don't listen to him." Yeah,
1: anybody can you know get on YouTube or a podcast yeah. and just it's off all kinds of heresy, and it happens all the time. So, we have to be very careful to guard our church. So, what does your pastor do? He guides the flock, he guards the flock, and he leads the flock to graze. Yes, that that's just again the idea of 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 helping our people to feast
0: on the Word of God. Amen. Amen. To
1: to understand it, to to live it. And that's why we put such a, a great emphasis on discipleship. We want to get you in the Bible. And, and we want the Bible to help you connect faith to life, right? So, so we talk about this stuff all the time. But, but really, that's what your pastor does. Those are the responsibilities. When you think about the New Testament, these are responsibilities we see in the New Testament, that right. the pastor is called to, to guide the flock, guard the flock, and lead the flock to graze on the Word of
0: God. That's right. it.
1: And that, that, you know what? That's a full-time job.
0: In and of itself, it's it a is.
1: full-time job. But that's
0: not all we do. No, that's not all
1: we do, but that's a full-time job. And you yeah. think about it. I mean, we're blessed at our church to be yeah. able to have full-time pastors. We are. You know, in, in our Southern Baptist circles, there are literally thousands of small churches mm-hmm. that you might have 50 people or less, shoveling a Sunday morning, mm-hmm. that cannot afford a full-time pastor. And so there are thousands, literally thousands of pastors all across our country uh, that that are serving what, what we call bi-vocationally. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they pastor their church, and then they work another job to support their family. And, you know, God bless them. Amen. Because that is a weight that I have no experience with. I can't imagine working another job uh, on top of
0: this job I have right now. I believe that's a special calling. I really It is. Do.
1: And I, I mean, we applaud those guys. I'm very thankful for them. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, if you think about this point and in, in kind of where we are as a church in, in our country – that's um that's most of our pastors right now. Yeah. Most of our pastors who have occasional pastors. They have to be. You think about Gethsemane Baptist, that church we partner with, Jay, who used to be our student minister, is a pastor over there. He's bivocational.
0: He's the first one I think of every time yeah, I think he, of this. Yeah,
1: he, he, he works, I don't know, 1,000 hours a week. He I, does. He, he just he's works. He's He The giver sleeps. I mean, he, he just works a lot. Because God has, he has gifted it. him
0: with only needing two to three hours of sleep. And
1: this, seriously, that's all he sleeps at night, is two yeah. or three hours. And um, now, part of that's by choice, I think, and just the way he does it. But um, he's a, he's a um, hospice chaplain and does a mm-hmm. fantastic job with that. And then he's also the pastor of Gethsemane. He does a fantastic job with that. And he's just man, he's he's got a lot on him.
0: Amen. So Amen. God bless anyway, you.
1: Anyway, that's what your pastor does. All right.
0: So third and we're done. And who is your pastor supposed to be? Yeah. So you, you know this. Um when you
1: look in the New Testament that that you we talked about it. Sunday night, you have 1 Timothy chapter 3, and you have 1 Peter chapter 5. Both of those passages describe the role of the pastor. We talked about Sunday night, and I know most of you who are listening know this, is that when when Paul talks about the work of the pastor in 1 Timothy chapter 3, he spends most of his time, when he talks about the work of the pastor, describing the kind of person the pastor is supposed to be. Character, yeah. Above reproach, right? Godly, husband of one wife, manages his household, hospitable, he talks about the kind of character the pastor is supposed to be. Why? Well, because if if I'm not walking with Christ and in the character of Christ, you're probably not going to listen to what I have to say. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, like, it's the bottom I mean, line. You, you, you want your pastor to be someone who actually lives out what he says. Mm-hmm. And so Paul, he's just real clear with Timothy. This is who the pastor should be. In fact, when you look at that list, he doesn't give a job description. Mm-hmm. The only thing he says that a pastor is supposed to do is teach yeah. the word. Now, obviously pastors do more than that, but but that that's that's the function that he gives in First Timothy three, that the pastor is to teach the word of God. But everything else is about his character. That's and, exactly and, right. And because you as someone who's coming to our church, you want to be able to uh, to 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 know that your pastor lives out what he says. And also, you know, in our congregation you want to have an example of someone who's following Jesus. And so that's what we're striving to be. You know, kind of like Paul said, um, you know, in, in his letters, uh, you follow me as I follow Jesus. Yeah, I want to be able to say that as well. Follow Amen. me. Watch the way I, I pray. Watch the way I study the word. Watch the way I interact with my family. Watch the way I interact with people. Follow me. Imitate me as I imitate Christ, right? Now, I get it. I'm flawed. I'm sinful. I'm going to oh. mess that up.
0: But it does say, as I follow Christ, so that that allows for that a (laughs) little bit there.
1: I I mess it up, but I I want to set an example for you of what it looks like to follow Mm -hmm. Jesus. We need examples. We need human examples of what it looks like to follow Jesus, and your pastors are supposed to be that. Again, we're going to mess it up. We're not always going to get it right. Paul didn't always get it right, Uh, but but that's what we're striving for. We're striving to imitate Christ, and so we want to be able to confidently say to people, hey, learn from me as I walk with Jesus. If you'll learn from me, you'll learn how to walk with Jesus, too. And so I I hope I'm, I'm, I'm being that kind of model, and I'm striving to be that kind of model. And um, But that that's what Paul does. He says to Timothy, hey, here's who your pastor is supposed to be so that um, the flock can have an example of what it looks like to walk with Jesus. So it's important.
0: Amen. So your pastor is supposed to be an example, and then the second thing?
1: And you know he's supposed to be a willing shepherd.
0: What does that mean exactly? So so
1: that's what 1 first Peter chapter five talks about when, when Peter talks about the role of the pastor, he's okay. he's talking about don't do it on compulsion, don't do it because Amen. you have to, do it because you want to. And 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 that's what you want in your pastor. You want a pastor who doesn't see pastoral ministry as just a job to earn a paycheck. Mm. But he wants to. He wants to follow the Lord, he wants to lead people to follow the Lord, he wants to disciple people, he wants to preach the word, he wants to. He's a willing shepherd because he knows First Peter chapter 5, the chief shepherd. Amen. And he knows that he's going to give an That's account right. to the chief shepherd. And he knows that when the chief shepherd returns, Jesus Christ returns, that, that Christ is going to reward his under-shepherds for their faithfulness to the call that God has placed in their lives. And so, yeah, I mean, I want to be a willing example. I mean, I want to be an example, and I also want to be a willing shepherd as I wait for the return of the chief shepherd. Amen. It's a
0: big deal. Amen. Well, Pastor, I think this has been good, and this is Pastor Appreciation Month, but I want to say, and I know you do too, that this ought will be also Congregational Appreciation I agree. Month. we got and a good that, thing going you here. Know, you know, what What God has done through our congregation and the support and the prayers and everything that everyone does for us is just, it, that too is overwhelming. Yeah, it is. Uh, I've never been in a church that loved their pastors any more than this church does. And, yeah, we got a good thing going, yeah, that's so for sure. Thank you. Pastor appreciation, Thank absolutely, you. absolutely. All right, Pastor. Well, let's close up and get ready for next week.
1: Well, I do hope that day's been helpful for you, and if it has been helpful for you, we'd love for you to hit that subscribe button so you can have new content delivered to your device every single week. We'd also like it if you leave us a five star review. That helps us get word out about our podcast. And as always, we hope today's episode has helped you connect faith to life.